Welcome to the Mr. Vincent Podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Vincent, and I hope everybody's week's off to a good start despite the snow and the frigid temperatures. Just got to stay positive, y'all, because before you know it, it'll be spring. That's how I see it. So over the weekend, I did have the opportunity to have a conversation with Jazz, who is a radio personality and model co-host of Sundays Are for Soul, along with Real Pete and Mez, which can be heard on Spark Online Radio FM. So we talked about that, um, obviously, how that came about, how it's going right now. Um, we also talked about soul sampling in music, hip-hop, R&B, discussed some of our favorite music that we'd like to listen to, and also talked about her career so far as a radio personality and how that came about. Overall, it was a really dope uh, conversation, and we can actually get into it right now. Here it is. All right, so on the line right now, I have radio personality and model Jazz on the line. Jazz, how are you doing? Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I was finally glad that we actually got to do this part because I was trying to get you on this for uh, quite some time now. But, you know, schedules are yeah. conflicted and everything. How's everything going with you right now? Everything's going OK. You know, just trying to keep that same motivation and keep that same energy you had, you know, at the beginning of January and just keep attacking my goals and the things that I have planned. So, yeah, I've been doing OK. I can't complain. Just staying positive for the most part. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, I mean, that's all that we can really do in these times is, uh, especially these times with COVID and everything, is remain positive and continue to work at what we're trying to get accomplished. Um, it's just too yeah, damn cold. It's, it's just too damn cold for me right now. It's so cold. Oh, well, I'm like, I was raised in Minnesota. So I was born in Boston and I was raised in Minnesota. So I'm used to this cold weather. This is what it's like, like back home. Like, it gets really cold outside. You got to let your car warm up for 45 minutes before you go anywhere and do anything. But yeah, I'm used to the cold weather. Honestly, I've come to realize like outside of summer, like winter is my favorite season. So people look at me crazy when I say that, but I love the snow. So wait, wait, wait. So you were born in Boston, but raised in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Oh, this must be like a some like a spring breeze for you right now. Well, everyone says that, like, you should be used to it by now. Like, it's still cold wherever you go. But, yeah, I'm I'm used to this weather, like, for the most part. Like, I never really lived in, like, a place where it was warm, you know, throughout the whole year. So I'm used to this cold weather. I'm used to the snow. I love – any of my close friends know I love when it snows. They're all looking at me crazy, like, what's wrong with you, girl? I'm like, don't you love this? But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was born and raised out, in, uh, out here, too, but still. I'm gonna complain every year when it gets when when it comes and it's mad cold like right now. I'm gonna complain. Like I don't see how. Yeah, people every are like, year, you know it's you know it's coming, man. You know it's coming. <laughs> yeah, like I don't see how people are so like when, especially in this time of the year, when people are just content with living out here their whole lives in Boston. I'm like, yeah, I can't see myself doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely see where you're coming from for sure. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I wanted to talk up to you about um Sundays Are for Soul. Uh I, I got to listen yes. to a few episodes. It's it's really, really dope with you, Real P and Meza doing right with that. Um, how did that uh come about? Um, well, as you know, um Danielle, Miss Hot Sauce, she started up Spark FM online um here in Boston and at the time it was just trying to figure out pair personalities with 
different DJs and try to build shows from there. So I would say everything overall, not even just for Sundays are for soul, but every show that's on there is very organically built coming straight from the hosts and the DJs themselves. So initially it started as trying to figure out you know, who do you think would work best or who do you have someone in mind that you want to work with? And Hot Sauce came to me with the idea of what do you think about doing a show with Real P? And I had known him, you know, through different social circles and different events. He was a DJ I used to look forward to listening to, you know, when I would go out, you know, pre-COVID. I like to say BC before COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, and so um, she suggested that to me as, Um, someone to work with and I was like I would totally be open to working with him like he's an awesome DJ he's an awesome person Um, and he's just a master at his craft and I love the style um, of DJing that he has just in terms of his transitions and his music choice and everything like that so it was a no-brainer for me to work with him Um, and then once we did start doing that we had our initial meeting about what we wanted the show to look like um, and we definitely wanted an an R&B lounge vibe for during the day because we do have an R&B late night show, but there was nothing really catering to that vibe during the day. So I definitely, um, we definitely kind of went along with that. Sundays are for soul. Like, what are you listening to on Sundays when you're relaxing and you're chilling and you're cleaning up your house, you're cooking food, you're getting ready, whether you're starting your week or ending your week. That's our slogan um, that we like to use. So, cause you know, some people look at Sundays as a day to, begin their week and some people like me I use it as like that real the final end of my week so at that point we just wanted to create a good chill loungy vibe and then in terms of the music like soul music R&B there's so many facets to that now what that looks like so it was really easy for us to do that Um, and there's so much soul and R&B trap soul music coming out like from all kind of artists so it was a no-brainer to kind of take that route and have like a soul house a lounge vibe that we did on Sundays and so then on top of that after the first meeting then he suggested um real P suggested Mez come into the fold as another DJ that we would have as well and I hadn't known Mez before but we've definitely gotten to know each other during these past few months and I love his style as well and as well as his taste in music um so it's just come together really well we've really built our chemistry together um you know because that's always hard you know when well it's not hard but it can be hard when you're meeting new people and you're trying to build that and you try to make sure you sound cohesive on the radio. And so that was actually a good thing that those things naturally kind of came there for us. Um, so that's really how the show came to be. And then after that, we just got to planning and putting our heads together as to what kind of content we wanted to make, what kinds of aspects of soul music do we want to talk about and discuss and try to make it fun and interesting for the listener so that's how it all came about to be honest um and yeah i'll plug it real quick sunday so every sunday 5 to 7 p.m um, on spark fm online so it's been a great experience so far and i'm just looking forward to what we can do um you know as this year progresses for sure and hopefully as we try to get back to some normalcy with covid and everything so but that's how the show came to be. So I'm really glad you enjoy it as well. And we've been getting great feedback about it as well, too. So we really appreciate that. Wow. So that was really, for the most part, on the fly, how y'all all came together. Yeah. I'm thinking that this was like planned, like at least like months in advance, like it was planned. Oh, no, I would definitely say we probably came. I mean, in terms of idea from conception to actually coming on the radio, it was probably about a month a month and a half before 
um, you know, this all came together. So it definitely wasn't something we were sitting on for like five or six months. It was more so of kind of for me deciding like where I wanted to go and what show I wanted to be on as well as what type of you know, vibe and trying to fill the spaces for the programming as well. You know, that's important. We can't have so many shows catered to something. And so there was a niche and there was a void there for us to fill. Um, and Hot Sauce chose us to to fill that void and we love it. And yeah, so definitely wasn't planned in advance. It actually came together. I would say a month, a month and a half it took us for everything to come together. Um, yeah, to make what you know as Sundays are for soul. Okay. Yeah, because I'm, I'm listening to it. It just seems like you guys have this, this chemistry that I would think that you guys have some familiarity with each other, all three of you. Right. Um, and the conversations are just so are so dope. And it really feels like you're at a cookout, um, at a black cookout in the summertime. <laughs> yeah, Not, that's, real that's talk. the feel. I'm glad. That's the feel that we we want to go for. We want to bring... We want to bring it to your living room or bring it to wherever you are and, and give you that good music that fills your soul while you're also trying to get your stuff together. So that you hit the nail on the head with that. So I'm glad we're getting user feedback. We're glad that, you know, we're doing that for sure. Yes. And I like the way that you guys like interact with your audiences um, with like the sample pick of the week, which I think is a dope idea. Actually, could you explain to people who are listening what that sample pick of the week is? Yeah. So. We were trying to pig- figure out different ways to, like I said before, highlight soul music and make it interesting. And so that was one of the first ideas that we came up with was, okay, like we're each going to pick a song each week, a sample specifically, and we'll talk about, you know, where it comes from and who it's by and learn all of that information. And so that was one of the ideas that we came up with when we were doing segments. So essentially, basically me Mez and DJ Real P, we choose a sample each week and it can be the song that was sampled or you can use a song that sampled that song. So, um, and that's how we do it each week, but we've kind of made it into a competition now because we're getting comments and we're getting, you know, more feedback um, and more interaction with our followers. So now it's kind of become a healthy competition of who has <laughs> the best sample every week. So right now DJ Real P is in the lead. You know what I'm saying? Mez just got his first win last week. So it's actually become our our most popular segment. And we feature those on our Instagram every week as well. So it's become really fun to just, you know, figure out where these songs come from because there's so many songs that you listen to and you don't even realize they're samples until, you know, you listen to the sample and then your mind is blown. And that's happened to me so many times while we're on air. It's like, or not while we're on air, but in getting preparation for the show, you know, we share our picks and stuff beforehand. So we all know what we're doing. And it's like, oh, shoot, I didn't know this song, that song. And now that I'm a personality working with two DJs, it's just expanding my musical knowledge even more and I'm learning so much as well so it's really dope but we love to bring that every week it's become one of our favorite segments to do and the people really enjoy it and people learn about where music comes from as well exactly I like that as a tool to interact with your listeners and also I think it's so important that we bridge the gap between generations to let them know where this music comes from because I'm sure you've seen what happened a couple of weeks I think it was on Twitter when this person posted, um, I think it's a DJ who was posting um, Timbaland songs and then playing where the samples came from, some Middle Eastern songs. Right. And then people were like criticizing him for stealing it. I'm like, I must be mad old right now because how the fuck do you not know that hip hop 
one of the biggest elements of hip hop is sampling. Yeah. So I was like, oh, like somebody to, we need a hip hop class or something right now because this is crazy. What, what did you think about yeah, that? Yeah, it's different. It's definitely for sure. And me, I knew we were gonna be discussing that, so I definitely looked into it. And um, I think that it's all a matter of where you're giving credit, right? I think that's where it's important, mm-hmm. and I think that's where Timbaland has kind of gotten into hot water. Um, But I'll speak directly to the question. Sampling is a part of music. Um, It's a part of building off of what, you know, I kind of look at it as standing on the shoulders of giants. You've created this great piece of music. Now I'm going to dissect that and try to use it to make something different. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's a beautiful thing. But I think when it's done, when it's done in a way where you're not giving the person credit or the person who came before you or the person who created the song or anything like that, that's when it becomes an issue. And so I think speaking directly to the Timbaland thing, it was like, no one knew that these songs were samples and no one knew the original songs. And I don't believe these people were credited either. So it's like, all right, well, that's kind of blatant, you know? And I can understand in that instance how people would be offended. But if I'm going to put my shoes put myself in the shoes of an artist like if someone wanted to sample a sample something of mine I would be flattered I'd be like by all means just make sure it sounds good you know what I'm saying don't put out don't put mm-hmm. out any crap music with my sample you know what I'm using my music but I definitely think it's a beautiful thing and I think some of my favorite songs have even been samples as well so it's like a constant learning experience but I think Timbaland's issue is that it's just the credit is not being done properly or people are knowing after the fact or it's like oh I didn't even know this was a sample and it's like you're Timbaland come on how did you (laughs) you know what I'm saying how did you not know it was a sample so I think that's that's where I stand on that but I think you should always give credit where credit is due but as far as people not being familiar with how sampling is used and um, R&B and hip hop and soul music like it's something that has been carried on from generation to generation and that's how we that's exactly. how we, some of the best songs that we know some of the most popular hip hop songs we know have melodies hooks riffs from songs our great grandparents were listening to you know what I'm saying so that's history and that's legacy and there's something to be said to that for sure but I definitely think always give credit where credit is due for sure that's how all these people are landing in hot water with all of these lawsuits, you know? So you just got to make sure you're doing your due diligence. And sometimes people just don't want to pay as well. And if it's like, if you don't want to pay for it, you can't use it. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, I think I'm not quite sure if Timberland gave the proper credit he should have. Because I think he got in legal trouble with one of those songs. I can't remember which one it was. There was, was, with him there was a few. The one that you're talking about, the tweet that you have mentioned, I looked it up. It was actually a middle, there were like three Middle Eastern artists or something like that yep. whose songs were not credited as samples. So, But there has been some other instances um, I think what with Jay Z's Magna Carta Holy Grail song, he produced that. Like there was some, you know, back and forth about whether that song was sampled and if he knew it was a sample or not. So, yeah, but I just felt like people are more outraged at the fact that they didn't know the song existed. Mm-hmm. So that's why they felt like he's stealing mm-hmm. it. Because even when I look, listen to Timberland, I don't necessarily think of him as like, all right, he's, he samples heavy, a lot of soul, soul right. songs, like a Kanye does, or just right. plays. Like, you could tell if you know anything about music, those guys sample a lot of tracks like the mm-hmm. 70s or the 80s. I don't get that vibe with Timberland, so I think people just like shocked to learn it that way. Right. But it's like, come on, though. Like, everybody samples in right. hip-hop. Nah, but you're right. The, the credit should be given to the artist that it was done. Right, yeah. No, I definitely see where you're coming from, for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't get the fake outrage behind the sampling itself. Like, 
anyone who has chosen to participate excuse me chosen to participate in our in our musical culture and you know has chosen to listen to this music and embrace hip-hop r&b and soul music you have to know that you know everything is being sampled not everything but a lot of good soulful stuff that just some songs and some things you just can't recreate some feelings you can't recreate you know you have to, you have to use a sample and sometimes it makes it better and sometimes it doesn't, but I do think that the fake outrage around that should stop because it's like, yeah, we don't know. We don't know Timbaland <laughs> for being someone who samples a lot. We know him for having unique beats and drums and all of that stuff. But it's like, all right, he could sample too, people. Like, give him a break. Exactly. That's, that's my whole thing. And people just want to be outraged at everything nowadays. So I'm like, are y'all really bad? Right. I, I think the fake that fake It's that cancel culture. Um, exactly. That, that toxic um, culture. But enough of that, though. So give me, like, what it looks like um, preparing for um, Sundays of the Soul. Like, is it, like, there's a lot of preparation going into that? Because you think it's, like, you got three people coming together to create this um, this show, right? There's, there's got to be, like, some type of, like, you would think there's some kind of, like, class going on with three different personalities. But again, as I mentioned, you guys seem to be yeah. doing so well um, with, with each other. So, like, what does it look like, like, um, every Sunday while preparing for well, the show? Well, honestly, like we actually, so we have our own group chat for the show. So we talk throughout the week about everything. So we're always shooting ideas around of different things that we want to do um, in terms of, you know, okay, what are going to be our samples for this week? Or what are some dope discussions for us to talk this week? So usually throughout the week, we'll toss around different ideas about things that we want to do. And then usually by Saturday, um, we have kind of what we're going to discuss. And we created a format for the show as well. Um, you know, because this is being run and treated like a professional radio station. And we want our show to reflect that as well. Right. So we made a form. G gotta be black. black right, owned, right. Gotta be. And it's just for the fact of the matter as we're trying to really solidify ourselves. Right. So you have to solidify yourself and do what you want yourself to be. And if that makes sense. And so, yeah, so we just carry ourselves that way. So. It's honestly us just talking. Sometimes we shoot the shit and we come up with different ideas and different themes that we're going to do. Um, and then that's really how it's built. Sometimes we'll have meetings, usually do meetings every now and then. And sometimes in the um, event that we pre-record, that's literally just us coming together, you know, on a weeknight where we're vibing out. We know what our sample picks are going to be. You know, we do share those. So we're always learning amongst ourselves. We always have our own background combos before we even get on the air. And we're like, oh, shoot, like, I didn't know that was a sample or that was a good one for this week. So we're always talking throughout the week about what we want to do and what we're looking forward to. So that's really what goes into it. We just talk, we stay in constant communication. And then I'm usually keeping notes, keeping track of ideas and stuff that we want to do so that we're organized. And then we go in and we just attack it. Um, I think the chemistry that we've been able to build amongst us takes that level of stress off of, of in terms of like, okay, what are we going to say this week? Or what are we going to talk about? It's usually like, all right, you know, this is coming up or, you know, like we have February coming up, you got Valentine's Day and you have Black History Month. Like, you know, what are we going to do to highlight those things? Or like, what are we going to do with the summer coming to highlight those times coming? So we just try to keep in mind of what's going on. We keep in mind of the music news because I feel like music news is super important. There's always different things going on um, to help drive our discussions as well. And then our chemistry just really helps everything. We just go in there, we talk, 
we sip a little and we really just enjoy each other's company and we love what we talk about and we love what we do. And so that makes it that much easier for us, you know, to really be in there and really create an organic feel that even you guys can feel from home. So it's not like much detailed planning, but it's all about us just staying in contact, shooting ideas back and forth between each other and staying organized. And by the weekend, we got our picks, we got all our sample picks, we have everything and then we're gone. And um, we just added a content person to our team as well. So now we're building content too, which is requiring more planning on our part as well. So we're just trying to plan dope content, make sure we're educating our listeners and we're always providing that good Sundays are for soul vibe every weekend when we get on air. And I think um, we continue to surprise ourselves. Like we'll have a good show. We're like, yo, that was a really great show. We all look at each other at the end, high five and everything. So we're continuing to do right. We're just <laughs> continuing to surprise ourselves. And then we get the feedback like from you, it, like that we get from the people around us or people listening, our family members that are texting us and listening to us. And it's all age ranges too. Like my sister's 18. She loves it. And then you have my mom who is on the other side of that spectrum in her fifties who loves listening to it. So we cover a large demographic. So it's just really exciting. It's really exciting overall. No, that's dope. See, I, I like that because I feel like a lot of people, well, I mean, like the average person who sees your guys' content on social media, um, probably doesn't really understand like how much right. work that you guys put into this or even like how, maybe they know how devoted you guys right. are to it, maybe not, but they, they think that you can just go into it like, nah, you actually have oh, a plan yeah. for stuff like this. You got to like really be detail oriented. You got to communicate right. like throughout the week, like you got to right. do in your group chat. I think that's important. I think a lot of people just past look past that and, and when- don't realize that. That's how you get a quality. Yeah, for sure. Product. And it's just like you have to have reliable team members as well. I think when you're working with other people, you know how they do the trust exercises where you fall back into someone's arms and they catch you. It's <laughs> like that because you have to entrust that if you're not able to be there, like if I'm not able to be there for the show, that those two are going to hold it down. And they do. And if one other one of them is not there, that me and someone else is there to hold it down. So there's a trust and a mutual dedication and understanding that we all had amongst each other. And it was even a conversation that we had just about, you know, what we wanted this to look like and how we wanted this to be. And we didn't come into it lightly. Like, okay, we're just going to do a radio show and see what happens. Like, no, we want to create something that's going to last and that's going to transcend, you know, just radio. You know, eventually, hopefully once COVID opens, you know, we can do all kinds of different stuff, you know, once the city opens back up. But, you know, it takes a lot of planning, prep and dedication. And I'm sure you understand that, too, like planning a podcast and and editing and doing all that. It's not easy. You know what I'm saying? It's not. But I think having good teammates, um, you know, Justin, Mez and Shamel, a.k.a. Real P, um, I'm so just blessed to have them and have great team members in them. And, you know, where one of us can't do something, the other one picks up the slack. If one of us can't do this, the other one picks it up. So it's just a mutual respect and understanding and a love for what we do. And um, it's close together as well. It makes it even more organic, like I said before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's dope um, Thank what you. you guys do. Um, yeah, Real P is a homie too. Yes, um, shout out to Real P. Out. I haven't seen him in a minute, but he's definitely definitely a good dude. Don't know, I don't know anybody else yeah. that you uh, work with. Well, you'll with have to come show. through. Uh, you'll have you to talk come about through that. one Sunday and show with us for sure. It's definitely a good vibe and see the station um, and get familiar with Spark for sure. We'd love to have you over there. 
Oh no, definitely. We can definitely set up and set yeah. it up in the uh, future. Um, you talked about like having like a reliable team, which is why I right. do this dolo right now, because I can't find anybody who's as as committed to with this what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to get at. But I know eventually down the line, if I want to get to the next level, I'm gonna have right. to have a solid team around me. Um, so having people like doing like um, a social mm-hmm. media manager, someone maybe a a publicist or right. whatever. Um, that would come down the line, but right now, one yeah. man. Yeah, and sometimes it's best to do that. You know what I'm saying? Because you can rely on yourself, right? You know that you're reliable, and you know mm-hmm. you can trust yourself. But eventually, it will get to a point where then you realize, like, okay, I can't do this by myself, and I need somebody else. And you know, like, that's <laughs> when you really just, you know, choose them like you would choose yourself. You know, you're looking for someone that has the same qualities in you and believes in what you believe in. And once y'all are on the same page about that. Like it's only positivity from mm-hmm. there. So exactly. Um, so what type of music, what's your go-to music for let's say cleaning, cleaning on a Sunday? On a oh, Sunday. R&B for sure. Or, like I'm definitely yeah. R&B and soul. Um, I go back and forth between like old school and new school. Um, but I would say like right now, um, I'm definitely a big R&B person. I always, I always was though. Like I grew up on R&B, like Deborah Cox, Mary J. Blige, Monica. Woo. Like my first CD that I ever had, like my first disc, was Monica's Miss Thing CD. So like Monica's one of my favorite singers. But yeah, um, always on the R&B, always with the ladies, Summer Walker and Sullivan. Okay, I've been blasting her new album. Or excuse me, it's not an album, it's an EP, um, her new EP. And I'm like, if this is the EP, what's the album going to sound like? Um, but yeah, so I'm definitely, R&B is my go-to for sure. Anything that's going to put me in a good spirit, anything that's going to keep my spirits lifted, um, you know, while I do that work. I love to dance, so anything that's upbeat that I can dance to and catch a good vibe to, I'm going to go to. But I'm R&B first, always. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I feel you. Definitely. I, I think I listen to more R&B in my yeah. downtime than I do hip hop rap. I, I feel like that way. Like, I, I'm I'm not really tapped into what's going on right now. Like, the contemporary R&B. Um, I'm, I'm, old, I'm old school. Like, I had a brother. I have a brother who's mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot older than me. And my sister's a lot older than me. So I'm, I was influenced by them at an early age. So, I mean, I listen to a lot of, like, um, my, one of my favorite voices oh, of all yeah. time, Anita Baker. I love her so much. Um, I actually got to go see her at a farewell concert at the Wang Theater. Was that 2017? That was probably that was dope. Really, Did really you go dope. by yourself or um, did you go with like family members or something? So so here's what happened, right? I um, I was, you know, I was waiting right. for the prices to go down on the tickets. And I told my sister, I'm like, yo, let's go to the show. And she was like, um, but she's a real estate agent. So the day she went working right. continuously around the clock. And then I didn't buy the ticket until like the night before. I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy the tickets right now. Let me still win it. She's like, ah, I can't go. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm so still I bought the ticket. I'm by myself, right? <laughs> oh, facts. Like, yo, I see my homegirl at the um, at the bar at the W. I was chilling with her and her friend before the, the show began. Had a few drinks. Went into the show. And then that was the same day that um, Aretha Franklin had passed okay. away. The same day as the show. So at the end of the show... She actually brought out Kelly Price and oh, they would like wow. paint a tribute to Aretha. And my sister's a big Kelly Price fan. And when I told her she you was so came. sick, I'm like, see, if you just waited, I told I just could have came. I would have bought you bought your ticket and everything. Cause I was sort of like, yo, I'm gonna wait till the prices drop and just keep that schedule right, clear. But she didn't right. want to listen. I took I so. took my mom to see um we saw music soul child we saw chrisette michelle this was before she sang at the inauguration so this was before all all of that foolishness um but yeah i took her to see for christmas (laughs) i had got her tickets and we like drove to new york 
the day after Christmas, like went to the concert. Like my mom was a big music soul child fan. That's someone else whose career I've really listened to him from when he came out because my mom would buy every single CD, like every CD that came out, we had it. So that was someone that I got to see mm-hmm. um, both of them live for sure. And they're both super talented um, performers, but their music also, you know, soul music just hits different, especially neo soul as well. Um, music soul child and yeah like music soul oh, child absolutely. Like, a great he's top five for me like in terms of like r&b soul he's he's top five and that's definitely my go-to like if i'm cooking something or i'm playing some music like his albums are definitely go-tos for me in terms of like all right let me put on a vibe i know i'm not gonna want to skip through no songs i just want to listen to some good music might want to get in my feels a little bit but we here we here <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I I love music so much. Oh, I just yeah. want to sing classic album. I had that when it came out. Had that on rotation heavy, and the follow yep. up was um, I believe it was just listen. Yeah, yeah those I was young albums, when oh, those man. came out, but I was probably I mean probably between the ages of like eight and eleven when those albums came out. But it was still good music to me at that time, you know. So that's what I really appreciated. Like I would say, I didn't really start listening to rap music until I was like a late 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 in my teenage years like it was all r&b and old school music that i grew up listening to yeah i don't want to age myself just to uh, <laughs> say how i was when that came out but um i also got to see uh d'angelo live like oh brown sugar and voodoo like did crazy, he take off his like, shirt quality of work <laughs> with those two projects um, I wouldn't remember that. Uh, I'm like imagining him performing uh, with I'm, oil I'm, and all kind of stuff from that. How does it feel? Video. I'm sure the ladies, sure the ladies love that one. But that was probably a dope concert to see live too. Yeah, I never, I never honestly listened to that album he put mm-hmm. out. The third one, I forgot what it was called. Um, people said it was really right. good, but I never got around to listening to it. I should. Um, who else did that? Honestly, the first CD I ever owned was oh, the Miss oh. Education of Lauren Hill. Classic. That was the I'm first pretty sure my mom might have had that on tape. Ooh. Oh, yeah. tape. That's when cassette tapes was a thing. But yeah, <laughs> that was one of the first I heard too. That is just like top five dead or alive. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that. I, and I mean, she only made that album outside of her albums with the Fugees. Like that was her only album as a solo artist. But yep. that one is like an ultimate classic. Like you need some education in what arm sounds like that I'll point anyone to that album right there yeah exactly like that album should be taught in schools I don't know if it is or at, at some level definitely. of schooling that they're doing classes be on Beyonce no. so that album definitely deserves <laughs> facts um, but let's stop right here okay, and take a good. quick break and then we can pick back up So Jazz, like, how long have you been, I've been um, doing, doing radio, radio since 2012? But that was the first time, so it's been a while now. Um, but yeah, so I got into radio initially. Like, I was hell bound to be on TV. Like, I was just like, I'm gonna be on TV. Like, I'm gonna be a newscaster. Like, that's what I wanted to do. And my mom was like, you know, you need to try radio because you talk so much and you always got something to say. And you're always running your mouth. You need, you need to be on the radio. And I was like, uh, I don't know if I would like that. And then 
it happened to happen that that next semester, one of my friends came to me um, with the idea of being on the radio, um, Northeastern's radio station, 104.9 WRBB. And um, at that time, you could really make your own radio show. You just had to sign up. You had to say what you wanted the show to be about, how long you wanted the show, what days, time slots, and that station basically assigned you a time and you could basically produce your own radio show from the bottom up. So one of my friends, I'm still um, really close with him, Derek. Um, He's one of my media friends as well. Um, But he's like, let's do a radio show. So that was my first radio show. It was sophomore year of college. It was called Spiced Coffee. It It was a morning show. And we talked about celebrity gossip. We played music. He was really into fashion. So we talked about that. And I did Spiced Coffee for about two years. And then right around the time I was getting into my junior and senior years at Northeastern, that's when um, I joined the CWTC radio show. At that point, Shimmy and Des um, and Miko were just working together, but they wanted to add um, a female personality to the team. And so I ended up joining their team and I did that for a few years. Um, And we were on Red Channel 23 and we were on World Power Radio for a while. And I would say that's where I really got into the nitty gritty of my radio career because it allowed me to network and meet a lot of people. Um, And it just really gave me interviewing skills, learning like, you know, how to format and plan a show. Um, That was really like my first experience outside of Spice Coffee, right? Because that was once every week I had classes and other things, but this was something really that had my name on it that um, I was building with my team. And so that was a really good experience. And then I took a break for a little while. I was doing podcasting for some time, dibbled and dabbled in that. And then um, I took a break. I took a break um, from being on the radio. Um, But then once Spark became a thing, I was back in it. So I'm just really happy to be back. But yeah, it's definitely been next year will be 10 years that I've been on the radio. So to answer your question, seven years, seven to eight years, I've been doing it now. But um, I love it. And every time, that's just the one place I would say I feel like I'm at home and I feel completely comfortable is when I'm in the radio studio because I really get to be my my authentic self for sure. So that's how I got there. I started at Northeastern working with friends, got opportunities outside of Northeastern with other people in the community, which helped get to where I am now. And now I'm on a you know a community based station by one of those people that really mentored me and looked out for me, which was hot sauce too. So that's dope. Yeah, definitely. It's like the good. came definitely around full good, circle for sure. And now I'm hosting, producing, and planning a show alongside two other great, you know, DJ slash hosts, you know, as well. So it's really exciting. Now, um, you, you mentioned mm-hmm. that you wanted to be a new ca- newscaster, rather. Did you? Yeah. Like, so I went to Northeastern for communication school, studies, or? and I got a minor in media production. So going in, that's what I wanted to do. I was like, I'm going to be on the news. I'm going to be a newscaster. And then I actually got the opportunity to work at a news station while I was on co-op. And I was like, I'd like this, but this is not exactly what I want to do. So I feel like each job and each opportunity I've got has kind of shown me like what I want my career in media to look like, because I feel like now it's multifaceted. Like you, you don't have to be just a podcaster. You know, you could be a podcaster and a media correspondent and have your own YouTube channel, you know? So it looks 
being in the media and working in the media looks very different now, um, especially with platforms changing. We have our phones in our hands now and all this technology available to us um, at such a fast rate. So, yeah. Okay, that's dope. Because like I was like I was on that same path originally. Yeah, so I always wanted to be. I was always into journalism. Um, I majored in communications when I went to and I graduated from uh, or rather England okay. when I graduated from UMass Boston because I didn't have communications right then. Um, I actually did an internship too at a NBC, NBC okay. startup station in Delaware. Yeah, I did that. Man, that was an experience in itself. It was just I'm talking about like deep South Delaware with like. <laughs> arms and no black people and confederate flags yeah. and confederate that's flags different but they always like, say yeah, you have to go wild. to those smaller um, markets to start out unfortunately like any advice i've always gotten from media people they're like well maybe exactly. try a smaller market because i'll say oh i'm in boston they're like oh well maybe try a smaller market and then that's the first place you think of is some place like that where it's like okay this backwoods town like i don't want to be here hey, hey, hey. Exactly, but I, I love the experience right. with the um, internship itself. Um, I'm st I'm still cool with a lot of little journalists who work yes. there, there throughout the country doing their thing in the in the thing, but um in the field. But yeah, I'm like, damn, I, I can't live in this. I can't live out here. This is crazy. Yeah. So I came back home, and then I just you know I took took a, took a break. Um, but then I found out about like I got into podcasting, and I'm like, you know what? I'm right. gonna start doing podcasts because like you mentioned it, like times have changed over the years, right? We can, like I'm doing this podcast off my phone. Right. Like you can, there's no excuses right now. If you really want to amplify your voice, you have the tool to do it right in the palm of your hand. You're scrolling through IG, Twitter, whatever, uh, other social media platforms all day. You can take the time out, create your own podcast, have guests on, and then just build from there. Right. Not necessarily having to leave where you're at. Well, I was definitely of, like, surprised we were doing it over the phone because I had never done this. Is my first experience doing this, but it's been so seamless and smooth that I'm like, yeah, like to your point, people have definitely no excuses now, including myself, you know, to really like get to it. So that's exciting. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I'm just trying to like build up this this podcast. I got um I'm also working on another um project that I'll probably announce early next week. And I I still do the um traditional journalism. I write for a okay. uh, local newspaper. So what do you too, like so doing I'm best? Just, do you like podcasting best? Do you like writing best? What do you feel like is your medium where you're most happy? Like behind the microphone, behind the pen? What do you think? I would say I, if I feel like I've said bye um, right. with the pen is because I've been doing it for so long. Um, like before, I was trying to be on air uh, and like be an on air personality, like a right. reporter. But I'm like, you know what? I don't. I really don't want to do that. I, I like I like doing a podcast. I'd rather a podcast instead because I get to like. I think you alluded to this earlier. You get to be yourself, have your personality show out on the pod. Right. You can't really do that when you're like being a reporter uh, for an NBC or an ABC. I feel so. I, I feel like you're kind of handcuffed in that in that instance. So. I, this has been a great experience doing this pod. Um, I would have this pod, I think, for, whew, okay, maybe like a year. And then I didn't really take it seriously until COVID hit. Um, and then we was locked down because I'm like, you know what? Let me just like get these episodes out and try to do this as much as I can. Because take if I don't take it seriously now, I ain't never going to take it seriously because I got all the time in the world. Exactly. So, you know, I try to get episodes out like as much as I can, try to have people on. Um, to, if they've got a brand or they're doing something dope like what you're doing. Sure, I'll have you on my podcast and have a, have a conversation. Right, we, exactly. I, I, we both went to win-win. I help build your brand. 
you helped me getting my, inter- my right, interview right. skills right. Well, up. Right, right. Well, I'm so glad to be here. And this is the first podcast interview I've done in years. So you're the first. You got the exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> Word. <laughs> um, um, so long term, to I would like to be a creative project manager and a media core respondent. Um, and by creative project manager, I mean producing. That's essentially what project managers do is they produce, um, whether it's media projects, construction sites, different things. And so um, that's what I do for my trade by day. And I just like working with creative people. So I want to take those skills that I can apply to my work and also apply it in creative spaces, working with artists, working with music, working with um, other personalities, but definitely want to stay doing radio or podcasting in some way, shape or form, but definitely being a creative producer for sure. Um, The more that I do this work, the more that I it's really what you want it to be for yourself. There's when you work creatively, there's not so many um, constrictions on or restrictions on what what you can be and who you can be. And you don't have to be um, left to just one label. You know, you can be multiple things. And so I'm getting more comfortable with the idea of like, okay, I'm a host as well, but also I like bringing people together and I like working with people and I like working towards a final project with people together and working toward a final product and something together. So definitely trying to just sharpen both of those skills and Sundays after soul gives me an opportunity to do that. Um, it gives me opportunity to still be authentic to myself and be a host. And on the other side of that, it gives me opportunities to really produce and, you know, build a show and make it what we want it to sound like um, for you guys. And just to see the feedback and see what we get back, just, you know, reaffirms that we're doing the right things. And so long term, that's what I would love to do. I would just, Love to work in music, in um, in TV, working with creatives, um, and you know, being a media correspondent. I would, I would love that. Just being where the action is at. That's what, that's what I like to do. And I feel like I work best when you know, one, no one day is the same. And I'm doing 25 different things. That's when you, that's when I feel like I'm having the most fun (laughs) is when I'm doing so much and I'm stretched thin. But you know, it's all working towards you know a final product or something for yourself so ultimately that's what I look to that's where I see myself long term is just being a creative producer and working for myself Um, and it took me a long time to really be able to say that but this past year and a half has shown me you know especially with COVID that nothing is guaranteed and any opportunities that come is your opportunity to make it or break it for yourself and so I'm trying to just make these opportunities for myself and see what happens from there because I don't know if I really see myself working for someone else you know unless it's really towards what I want to do and I have some real professional experience to gain from it I don't know if I really see myself working for someone else again so really trying to figure out what that looks like and really figuring out what building a life for myself looks like for sure nice yeah I'm with you on that like having a job that's fulfilling because like you've created it you're you're being a creator you're you know like it seems like you're like i want to say you're deciding your own right. destiny as opposed to like working to like, at a regular nine to five like i'm i i think yeah, i'm over I it right now like i'm about to i'm actually coming up coming up on my anniversary i'm coming up on my anniversary at my job i think 
oh yeah, this week would be about five years. I've never had a job longer than three years. And this is just driving me insane. Right. I'm like, yo, like I can't see myself doing this long term. Yeah. So, and something I feel like us sooner rather than later. To, like, <laughs> I remember when I first, like I went to Northeastern. So um, for everyone that's not familiar, it's a co-op school. So usually you'll do two to three co-ops and I wouldn't call them internships because I mean, you can call them internships, but you're really treated like an employee there. And so um, those gave me opportunities to learn about, you know, job longevity and things like that. And, you know, we just don't have the same values as our grandparents and aunts and uncles did in terms of like, you know, staying at a job for 30 years and getting your pension and getting your retirement. Like that's not what, life looks like for us right now I think a big thing for people is work-life balance and having a job that understands that yes you are a human being outside of work and that you have a life and you have things that you want to do so you know I definitely get what you mean like five years for some people may not seem like a long time but for someone like you someone like me it's like all right I need to change now you know I want to try something new and there's nothing wrong with that and I feel like the job market is just it's becoming wider and they're catering to people who want to make their lives for themselves. So I think anybody, including myself, you know, looking for a job or just looking for something, you know, just make sure that you're looking for something that really fits you as a person, because, you know, these places are really starting to understand that you have humans working for you, not robots. And we like benefits and we need mental health days and we need, you know, more than one week of vacation time and crazy things like that. So advocate for yourself people and know what you want because that's very important if you're not going to speak up for yourself no one else will and that's jasmine's little fortune cookie tidbit for the podcast (laughs) (laughs) no that's real yeah i think we definitely need Mm -hmm. mental mental health days especially in the times we're living in right now like i can imagine like how most i i feel like if somebody said that during the past within the past year that they have been fine from a mental state, I think they're lying. At right. some capacity, to some degree, we've been affected by this. Because if you if you would have told me that we would have been living the way we are with like not being able to have the true human experience mm-hmm. with seeing people face to face, being able to hug people, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, being able to have graduations, right. birthday shower, um, baby showers, birthday parties. Yeah, it takes an emotional is, and mental this, this toll on people for sure. I saw something. It was like a meme because you know how you have all those memes that were out there. Like, if you didn't take this year to do anything and all this free time, well, you wasted your time. And you know, I don't like seeing stuff like that sometimes because it's like okay like superman everyone doesn't have to do ten thousand things like and to that there was another meme that contradicted that and was like if you made it through this year with your sanity and your health like you did a great job you know what i'm saying and i think there's a lot to be said to that i think um you know being able to just get through what people went through last year you know what I'm saying like I had friends who had to move weddings I had friends who caught COVID I had family members who caught COVID and passed away from COVID you know what I'm saying I myself experienced you know shifting my employment due to this so there's all kind of things that people were facing and like you said like you didn't get through this year without going through something in one way shape or form and like you said I think it's just important that people have those mental health days and 
that time for themselves to really recoup and get themselves right. And I think now only, I think now recently, like I said before, with that work-life balance, employers are just starting to see that. And I think people are just starting to feel comfortable to advocate for themselves and say like, hey, I can't come into work today. I don't have the mental capacity to deal. You know what I'm saying? And and that be okay, right? Like, uh, you know, rather than like trying to figure out like, you know, for a depressed yeah. person who doesn't know they're depressed, but just can't get to get out, get themselves to get out the bed, to have to come up with a lie or something, you know, to make up something just to not go into work. It's like, it should just be okay to say, I'm not in the space to do this today and I'm not going to be productive. And I've been in work environments where you have that. And I've been in work environments where you don't have that, but I'm definitely grateful for the spaces that I was in where I had like my last boss that I had, she was just great. Like if something was off, she could tell something was off and she would not every time something was wrong with me, like go home, you can't work. But it was more so like when she could see it was getting in the way of my work, like, Hey, go take a walk, go take a break. Hey, it's three o'clock. Just go home for the day. You're not going to be productive like this reset. Come back tomorrow. Like having people there that understand that and have that in your work environment, I think also helps a lot too, which I also think people are noticing now. So I definitely think the corporate culture is shifting, you know, towards being a little more understanding for sure. But people definitely just need to be happy that they got through last year. You didn't have to accomplish something crazy. You didn't have to start a business. You didn't have to buy a house. You didn't have to do anything. If you were able to get through with your health, your sanity, you know what I'm saying? Like those two things alone, because there are people who didn't get through it and were by themselves and were not able to deal with that. And unfortunately, you know, took their own lives and things like that. So it's a lot, you know, it's just hard. And like I said, like, you know, yeah. just getting through last year and like you said, is enough. And people need to understand that and not necessarily set such high standards on what things are supposed to look like. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 this is really, really unprecedented times. And I pray for everybody. Definitely. Going through something but we're going to get through. I'm hoping this vaccine um, <laughs> situation changes um, things. Um, I'm not going to take it right now. I think like are, are, are you taking people it? around me, we're going to wait to see how the first batch comes out. You know, if anyone grows any third arms or legs or anything like that. Um, but I think for me as a person, I like to travel a lot. I love to travel. I have a passport. I've been to multiple countries. So if it comes to a point where it's like, okay, in order for you to travel comfortably and in peace, you know what I'm saying? You have to take this vaccine. I'll take it eventually, but I'm not going to go line up to get it right now. Um, I've been okay so far. My immune boosters, I've been taking care of my body and everything. So, you know, I'm not going to do it right now. I don't have a necessity to do it. I don't have a need. I think there's other people who have higher need than I do to get it. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to take it right now, but we'll see. Because, you know, I like to travel. So, you know, if they say, hey, you need this and you yeah, need this before you can leave the country, well, then, I mean, I might have to go go get her done, you know? Yeah, it's funny because um, I'm right. like, I ain't taking that. And I actually texted my man yesterday who works at a hospital, so he has to take it. And he already got it. I was like, how was it? Like, my arm was mad sore. Mm-hmm. I think he said they had, like, that was the first, the first dose. He has to get another one relatively soon. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm all set. But then, like you're saying, I think that they're actually trying yep. to put in place like a vaccine passport. So, like, if you want to get on an airplane 
I'll go to a concert. You got it. I'm like, ah, damn. And I got a milestone yeah, birthday coming up this Yeah, you year. definitely get like, need I'm trying to go out the I, country. Honestly, like, when it started I'm, happening, I'm, I was like, I'm gonna have to okay. Take it. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I was like, it's going to become an identifier. It's like, you're going to have to have a COVID vaccine or you're going to have to have some type of proof that whatever, you know, at the time we didn't know they were coming up with the vaccine, but you were going to have to have some type of proof to show that you had it already or you've been vaccinated. And I figured that was going to happen, you know, just just at the 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 rate that people were catching it and it came over here and it was like first two cases in Massachusetts then the next week the whole country everyone is messed up so I figured that was gonna happen you know but on the other side of that there begs the question you have other countries like you know New Zealand and you have South Korea and places like that that didn't require a vaccine to eradicate it you know and I've True, you know, very because true. They, they had a, that. We had forgot um, we had an confident time, that time. But yeah, so there's definitely something to be said to that for sure. But I think any <laughs> as far as big events go, they want to bring music festivals back and things like that. It's definitely going to be an identifier, and you're not going to be able to participate in certain events and things like that if you're not vaccinated. I feel like that's what it's going to become. Um, and unfortunately, it's another way to divide people. Because, you know, you have some people who believe in vaccines and some people who don't. But at the end of the day, it's about your health and the people around you health, because this is something that you could go out and be around people and you come home and someone in your household gets sick. Then what? You know, and I feel like that's when it really starts to affect people when it hits home for sure. Exactly. So, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to take it now, but, um, you know, we'll see because I like to travel. I might have to stay domestic this year, but <laughs> my Dirty 30 is next year in 2022. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully by then, we, you know, I'm hoping oh, yeah, we're yeah, calm by then. You know, 29 is an okay year. I can do with being chill this year, but next year, definitely got to be out the country. So, they're going to have to figure it out. So. <laughs> yeah, when this whole thing happened with the lockdown and the pandemic, like started reaching like crazy heights, I I knew I'm like this this is not going to be we're not going to really be back to yeah. normal until late 21, early hopefully. 22, Cross fingers crossed. I would say <laughs> so. You should be fine by then. Um, to, <laughs> hey, my whole thing is listen. I know that vaccines on average take about 10 to 15 years to make. You want me to take something that's been right. made in like, less than 10 months? Um, I'll pass. And I. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. You went out first. Yeah, I had a phone call that came um, in. So, did you hear what I said about the vaccination, about the percentage? It was what you can say it one more time. All right. So, basically, so they were saying that I heard that they want to have a, at least 60% of the people vaccinated. Vaccinated. I'm like, cool. Let me be in that 40%. <laughs> oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, I don't know. I would say this is a vaccine that I would feel fine taking right because i know what to do to take care of my body to prevent you know anything crazy from happening but i definitely agree with you like i'm not lining up to take it i think they rushed the process you know and like any person that remembers any science class they took their steps that have to be taken and it seems like it was just rushed you know and now they're saying which one i don't know if it's the pfizer one or the johnson and johnson vaccine has 66% effectiveness. That's not effective to me if you're asking me to be honest. Like 
we could, I mean, but all things considered, they rushed and made it, but still it's like, all right, you mean to tell me if I take this, there is still a four, almost over 40% chance that I could still get sick from it. <laughs> I'm all set. Like, so yeah. I don't know. We got to see. We'll see yeah, exactly. what it looks like. The second, third batch of vaccines, but I'm with you on this one. I'm not taking it new time soon. <laughs> Word. I'm like, dog, like we need we need trial and error. That's how it's usually done. Trial and right, error. Like, right. You can't really get that in a 10-month span, but it is what it is. Um, so now you do also model. How is, is are you doing anything right now with that? Or um, no, I would like to transition into doing like more commercial stuff, like commercial modeling for sure, which is something I'm going to look into over the next year. But modeling is something I kind of fell into as a result of being a radio host. Like I was networking, I was interviewing different clothing brands. I was interviewing with different um, brand makers and people of that nature. And outside of radio interviews, we'll be like, hey, do you model? Or hey, do you want to model my my new clothing line for me? Things like that. So that's honestly how I got into it. Um, the okay. same thing with hosting. Like I used to host the Good Music Showcase with DJ Alcide. Shout out to him. Um, he gave me that platform as well. That's how I got into hosting. I met him through the radio show that I was doing at the time. And that's how I got into event hosting as well so a lot of the things outside of being a personality like hosting and modeling that I've fallen into has just been at a, as a result of you know just networking and you know working with people in the area who want to help and who need help and so that's been that's been a blessing to be a part of some dope projects I've um, got to meet so many dope talented people from our city and you know that more than anybody um, that mm -hmm. we're really trying to show that there's a market here. And so that's really how I fell into it. But I have some shoots and stuff coming up that I have planned. Um, but the next goal is to get in a Target ad or something. You know, I'm trying to make some monies, okay? So, you know, <laughs> catch, me, catch me in a Target ad hanging from the ceiling or something when you walk in soon. Coming <laughs> to you soon, hopefully. I'm manifesting that for myself. Yeah, you you got to speak everything into existence, everything you okay. want. Right so, <laughs> now, it's funny because my my cousin, she's like trying uh, trying to get into modeling. Um, she's what maybe twenty. She just turned twenty at the end of the mm -hmm. year. Yeah, so I'm like, I, I'm just, I just I feel like I'm trying to give her as much encouragement as I can, or you know, anything she needs help with me doing, uh, I can post it on social media. But I'm telling her like, if you really want to be serious about this, you might want to move eventually. I'm thinking New York or L.A. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean, if she's trying to do runway like Vogue type stuff like that i would definitely say try to get in try to get signed by an agency for sure and that's yeah. my unprofessional opinion because i'm an unprofessional model i haven't <laughs> done a live casting or anything like that before but if she's trying to get published in that manner or walk on a runway or something like that for sure yeah. i would say like the agency route in like a new york or a los angeles or a miami or something would definitely be her best bet yeah the, those cities are popping for that. I mean, I don't know. I don't really know about that field. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you want to live in either of those two markets, the, the biggest the, media markets in the country. In the hot spots. <laughs> so uh, before we get out of here, if you can give Young Jazz advice, being where you're at now mm -hmm. in your career, what would you give Young Jazz? Um, I would tell Young Jasmine not to drag her feet. Um, I would say not drag your feet to not let fear drive your decisions um, and to just trust your power and your light. 
Um, I think that's something I've had to learn over the past few years as an adult um, is just learning how to trust and learning how much of a role fear plays in my decision making. Um, and so, yeah, I would just tell her to to do those things like stay confident. Don't let fear drive your decisions. And, you know, take whatever opportunity comes at you and don't question it, because sometimes when you stop and question it too many things you start to worry then fear comes in and then boom the opportunity's gone you know so I would definitely give that advice to young 19 year old Jasmine who just walked on Northeastern's campus for the first time and is seeing the world (laughs) that's dope yeah I feel like I feel like fear like prohibits us from doing a lot that we could get done and Mm -hmm. we look back we're like damn we should have took that chance but at the same time I do believe that everything happens for a reason for a reason right yeah everything plays out the way it does um but yeah Yeah. we can actually wrap it up here this was actually a really really dope conversation yes I'm so happy that we got this scheduled and we got to do this um I'm definitely looking forward to having you come into the studio as a guest or even if you want to just come chill and vibe out with us on a Sunday that's always an option but Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for, you know, um, having me on the show and for thinking of including me. I really appreciate it. And this conversation has been dope. No problem. Yeah, we can definitely, like I said before, we can definitely set that up. I can come down there. I don't really do anything. Um, But (laughs) uh, make sure you got to plug your social media. Yes, yes. Plug myself real quick. So you can follow me on Instagram at Simply Jazz with three Z's. You can follow Spark FM at, at Spark FM online on Instagram. That's where the radio show is at. Um, we have a ton of Boston DJs, hosts that have their own radio shows on the station. So make sure you go follow that Instagram to stay updated. And last but certainly not least, you can follow the Sundays Are For Soul radio show page on Instagram at Sundays Are For Soul. We're live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.sparkfm online. And that's with me, DJ Real P and Mez. And make sure y'all tune in. We got that vibe for you every weekend and we know you'll love it. So we're looking forward to everyone who will be tuning in to listening in as well. Support artists, support local artists, support black media, support black creatives. And yeah, we're out here. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Any plans you got for the uh, rest of the day? Or... Honestly, you know, some oxtail is cooking downstairs. I can Ooh. smell it already. So, you know, I'm just going to go make the rice and the veggies, you know, get all that prepared so I can enjoy my my dinner and get ready for the show tomorrow because we're back on air tomorrow. So other than that, you know, just resting and relaxing, recharging for the week. So how about yourself? Uh, me, um, I have no plans, but I think while we actually cut out, my sister had called me, so I'm gonna call her back with this <laughs> call is over, her back. and I might have something to do after that. Right, right, might have some plans. Well, wear your mask, stay safe. Oh, all the time. <laughs> Thank you, Jazz. I do do really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you too. We'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. All right, bye bye. All right. Special thanks to Jazz. I truly appreciate it. Thank you to Anchor. And of course, thank you guys for listening and for your continued support. And if you're just tapping in now, thank you too. And if you like this episode and you haven't already hit that subscribe button, make sure you do that as this podcast is available just about wherever you listen to your podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, to name a few. 
And you know what I'm going to do to show my gratitude? I'm going to take it a step further. What I would like everybody to do who listens to this podcast, leave an honest review wherever you listen to the pod at. And what I will do is I will take two to three that I will share starting next week on the pod. And I will shout you out to show love. So make sure you guys do that. If you left the review several months ago, back when I was like started like really pushing this pod, leave a new one. Um, you can also keep up with me as well on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Mr. Vincent13. And you can also like my Facebook fan page as well, Emmanuel Vincent. Um, so that is it for this episode. Another one down in the books. Uh, I will be putting out an episode on preparing for Super Bowl 55. That should be out on Friday morning. So be on the lookout for that. Until then, y'all stay blessed, stay safe. Take care.